first of all, I want to get an update on the Hunter Dickinson situation. When will he make a decision? It's going to be a huge loss for Juwan Howard and Michigan basketball, plus Wolverines on that East Coast historic trip, a trip of history. Uh, and Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com is standing by. Going to fill us in. Uh, the Hunter Dickinson story. Last night, there seemed to be some mojo Kentucky side saying, hey, big announcement could come today. Is Kentucky the front runner right now for Dickinson? I think it's pretty much an unknown. I mean, it, it seems like a decision's coming, and that comes right on the heels of his official visit to Villanova, where he's really good friends with star guard Justin Moore. Uh, and apparently they have a pretty good NIL program up and running. So maybe he would shock and go to Villanova. But I was I was thinking throughout the process, Kansas or Kentucky, uh, it seems like his Kentucky interest was contingent on Oscar Shibway, the 2022 National Player of the Year, leaving for the draft. Uh, but I don't know that there's a final decision there yet, although he is going through the process. So maybe we'll have to wait on that um, if it were to be Kentucky. But if it's if it's a decision soon. My guess, uh, and he's keeping it really, really quiet, even Jeff Goodman tweeted that today, that nobody knows where he's going. But my guess would be either Kansas or Villanova, because if that Villanova visit went really well, then uh, that could be the move. But as I, as I said a couple weeks ago on the show, I, I don't expect this to be Michigan at all. I think we'll see Hunter Dickinson in another uniform next season. Why not Michigan? Uh, he's taken so long. Is it given Michigan a chance to match what he's offered at other schools, is it mixed emotions? Because he has dragged this out, uh, and you know he's milked it for everything there is. And I'm again on the outside looking in, like most of us are. That if it's cut and dry, you're gone. You switch your Twitter account and you put Michigan behind you. But he hasn't done that yet. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I think probably just to kind of leave that door cracked a little bit. There was the rumor. Uh, a few weeks ago that he was going to give Michigan kind of that final conversation. Uh, but I think by then, which could be right now, he probably has an idea of where he's going to go. So, um, I, you know, it didn't look like it was going to be a huge possibility from the get-go, but uh, I think that it was a possibility. Uh, but from what we've heard now, it's it's not going to be Michigan. It'll be somewhere else. So I think we'll get that farewell post or, or whatever you want to call it, probably at that point when he chooses a new school. Um, it's just such a unique and kind of unprecedented situation when you have a guy who's been an All-American, you know, declare, not declare, but enter the transfer portal, and, you know, he doesn't really give a, a goodbye message or anything like that. So I think that maybe kept fans' hopes up a little bit, but, um, you know, I would expect we get that when he when he goes. And I think one of the reasons why it took so long is because he did take, I think, five or six visits. Um, you know, so he was just kind of wanting to go through this entire process, if NIL is a factor, which we know that it is, you know, I think then you kind of wait for those numbers to come out as well. So I think taking his time was probably in his best interest to get the most that he can. Um, but, yeah, it seems like a lot of buzz is that at some point this week we will know what his future holds. If you're a school as big as Michigan with deep pockets yeah. like they have, with a program that just had an underachieving season and it has been up and down uh, for over the last year, uh, you're looking at him, you know, that nice run a year ago in the tournament, but this year was just a colossal disappointment. And they mm-hmm. blew so many leads and just poor coaching at the end and the focus on Jed Howard. And But how do you, if you're Juwan Howard, if you're anybody connected to the award manual, I don't care, a booster, how do you let an All-American who seems to be a Michigan man through and through, how do you let him leave that campus? 
first of all, I think they were a little bit caught off guard there. So, I mean, that was something that kind of shocked them because from what we had heard that week that he entered the portal, which was a Friday when that came down, they were recruiting other transfers, including Namari Burnett, who committed earlier that day, to come play uh, with Hunter Dickinson at Michigan. So it's just kind of one of those these new things where you're seeing good players, players that start and play 35 minutes a game, enter the transfer portal where it can catch you off guard. And then the second thing would be, I mean, I think that your value, uh, at least in the eyes of some of these other suitors, is going to be higher when you know you haven't played for that team and you could help solidify a championship type of roster like at Kansas or potentially Kentucky. I know Villanova had a down year last year as well, but they do have a lot coming back, including Justin Moore, as I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, then maybe his value is a little bit higher. And when you start to hear some of these rumors of two, three million dollars over a couple of years, um, that's just going to be hard for any school like a Michigan or, you know, frankly, a Big Ten school, maybe outside of Ohio State to match. Um, and I do think when it comes to Michigan specifically, there's a lot more interest in donating towards NIL endeavors uh, when it comes to the football team, as we, you know, as opposed to basketball, it's flat out. And, uh, you know, we saw that work with the Michigan football guys like Blake Corum, who decided to come back. But uh, is there as much enthusiasm about basketball when, frankly, we don't know what Hunter Dickinson, what his intentions were when he entered the transfer portal? Uh, and I think people were probably stunned by that and, and figured, OK, let's go after the next group of guys. But um, that's just kind of how I see it at this point. Uh, it's really unfortunate for Jawan Howard, but, um, you know, they got to do something, make something of this team, you know, regardless of who's here. And I think he's done a pretty decent job in the portal, adding a few guys, uh, maybe a couple more to come. And, you know, that could solidify this team. But it, it's, it's, a, it's a huge blow, no doubt. I mean, Michigan fans can say it's not, uh, but and that, you know, might be sour grapes a little bit. But I think it's a really big blow. And, it's going to be tough for them to, to you know, build this roster out. Yeah, it's driven me crazy the last couple of days on comments and social networks. People, you know, Michigan State fans, oh, Thorne and Coleman aren't that big a loss. Uh, you know, Dickinson, hey, it's not that big of a loss. I'm like, come on, man. Are you kidding me? You lose starters. It's a bad look for any program. I get Portal. I get NIL money. You lose starters. You lose guys who are still the meat of a college football or college basketball program. It's a hit. Juwan Howard has a lot of work to do on the court and off the court. And a year from now, if they're a sub-500 team and they didn't make the tournament, it will be interesting uh, to see what his future is in Ann Arbor. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joining us. Uh, Clayton, did you see the college football playoff put out the – the 12-team bracket for 2024-25 and 2025-26. and 26. It's awesome. I did. It got me excited already for what the 12 teams are going to look like. And my favorite part, Bill, the on-campus Bingo. Uh, first, first round games. I mean, imagine a, a game. I think, what were the dates on those? Like December 20th, at least for 2024? Yes. Yeah, it was December um, 20th and 21st. And like I said, could you imagine a game at the big house? December 20th, 2024. Let's say LSU or Florida State has to come up to the big house, and it could be vice versa, obviously. But if you're Michigan or, you know, they have to come up to Ohio State or, you know, Penn State, um, you know, the snow's falling a little bit. Finally, college football fans and teams in the north would have kind of their advantage. Every single bowl game, every big game, it seems like, uh, in college football, the northern teams have to go south. You know, Michigan has to play Georgia and Florida. You know, Michigan plays Florida in Georgia a few years ago in the in the Peach Bowl. All of that, 
um, you know, you would finally have that advantage. And it'd be it'd be a heck of an advantage too. Um, and then and then the bowl games that gets me excited too. You got the quarterfinals, you got the semifinals, and then we get college football all the way until uh, past halfway in January. Uh, I am fired up for that for sure. Yeah, and then I look to 2025 and 26, and yeah, just the way it spreads out on TV too. They're not they're not doubling up the semifinals. Each will have their own night, so you're not going to get a semifinal game like at four in the afternoon. Most of them will be in prime time outside of that uh, Saturday when you're going to have three games in one day. You'll have a prime time on the first home campus game on December 20th, 2024, and like I said. You know, it's 12 now. I think it will go to 24 in a hurry in their next TV deal because the NCAA is running 24 team tournaments with 8 by 16 play in at D2, D3, and also football subdivision. It's already happening. That'd be nuts. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and the TV thing, I mean, that's all this is about anymore, right, is money. So, I mean, if they could see more value, which I think they would with an expanded field, on top of that, then maybe we'll see it one day. But I'm, I'm excited for 12. And I think from a Michigan standpoint as well, they're entering this kind of next phase of college football in a really good spot. I expect them to have you know, a really good season this year. I don't think going out on a limb saying that. But in 2024, USC and UCLA come into the Big Ten. There's a 12-team playoff. Um, as we transition into this new era, Michigan's in a really good spot to capitalize off of that, where they're already pretty much set up. You know, along with Georgia, Alabama, some of these other teams, Ohio State as well. Um, so that makes it, I think, exciting from, you know, people I talk to in Ann Arbor as well that, yeah, USC and UCLA are going to add more competition to the Big Ten, but Michigan's on top right now, uh, and they're going to have to play here, you know, in October, November, that sort of thing. So um, a lot to look forward to. Yeah, man. What about that 2024 season when you add USC and UCLA? I also think the Big Ten's going to go away from divisions. That's the next big yeah. thing you'll hear, and they'll be the top two teams. They'll, they might even have a Big Ten championship committee uh, from member schools uh, who will decide what to play based on your schedule, similar formula uh, to what the college football playoff committee uses. Uh, so if you play at a week schedule, you're not just going to automatically get in. So it'll be interesting uh, what they put together. Uh, Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com. Uh, they'll be joining the Michigan football team on their uh, vacation swing in Canton and also Cleveland, Ohio. Chris Ballas was there in New York City. They got a lot of Times Square love, and then the team went to D.C. I saw them at the Nationals game last night. Uh, Jim Harbaugh did take over the White House officially today. He'll address the nation uh, tonight at 8 p.m. on the state of Michigan football. That will be nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what a trip! I mean, I'm I'm looking at the pictures now. It's awesome uh, on my computer of them at the Capitol building yesterday uh, with Representative Debbie Dingle, uh, all sorts of Michigan representatives. They're in every room you could think of taking a picture. They sung the victors on the steps there of the Capitol. They got to go to the White House yesterday. Um, just an incredible experience. And, and we were talking to to Chris Ballas throughout his time. He's in New York, and I'm looking forward on, on Thursday to go over to Ohio and see the last leg of the trip with these guys. But uh, what he was talking about was just the way these guys were enjoying the Statue of Liberty, Times Square, the New York Stock Exchange. Um, these are things that, you know, I'm, I'm jealous just thinking about it. And imagine experiencing that with 100 of your best friends uh, during college would be absolutely incredible. And Jim Harbaugh, it seems like he stole the show at the Washington Nationals game last night as well. 
uh, on the big board multiple times, on TV multiple times, signing autographs. I think I, I saw somewhere he signed about three or 400 autographs. So uh, Michigan has taken over the East Coast right now. Yeah, they did an out out uh, outfield race with uh, Fauci versus Harbaugh. He beat him by 80 yards. In a 90-yard run, they do in the outfield like they have the flash, but it was Harbaugh versus Fauci, and Fauci was dressed up like a syringe, and Harbaugh was uh, dressed up like Flash with a big uh, block M, and he just smoked him. Go figure. Uh, you know, I follow the science. Uh, thank you so much, Clayton Safe. You okay? <laughs> you got me dying over here. All right, we love you, buddy. Yes. No, thank you. <laughs> Have a great week. Yeah, back at you, Clayton. Save you for the Wolverine.com.